Oh, baby. Welcome back to the Talking Sports Better Most podcast, where today we are going to preview the upcoming NFL draft, which is just almost exactly a week away. Uh, we're going to cover the Jordan Spieth uh, weekend, last weekend, the uh, him getting back in the winner's circle. Uh, and I don't really know if there's anything else. Maybe just touch a few other topics of funny yeah, things to talk about. I think but. the draft probably going to be the biggest topic for the next. The NFL is just dominate the headlines. I mean, like we said, even on, on Selection Sunday, <laughs> Tom Brady announces he comes back. So, like, they've just... They've done, I've never seen an NFL offseason where every day it seems like there's some sort of story. And now leading up to the NFL draft, we're going to have, I'm sure, a couple trades. We're going to have all this crazy talk going on. Um, so the NFL just dominates. I mean, I, there's nothing more to say than the NFL is the most dominant thing out there. So um, I think, oh, my gosh, we could probably talk three hours in just on one team. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to. Watch the first, well, the first round's Thursday. Second round is, I think it's the second and third round. Second and third maybe round, Saturday. Friday. I mean, yeah, Friday and Saturday. And then the, rest of the, draft, the rest of the draft, I think it's Saturday. Saturday. The rest so, of the 200 picks are on Saturday. Yeah, it's definitely changed picks. over the years. I think it's in Las Vegas this year. Well, it's just gotten to be more of a, like, almost like a sporting event instead of just, like, you know, bingo. It's like it was draw, years and years ago. Yeah, it's going to draw better ratings than a lot of What's things. What's that analyst's name? Uh, Adam, no. Uh, well, there's Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper. The one that was, like, in trouble for doing something years ago, and he's been doing it for almost, like, 30 years now, or 35 years, or something like that. Yeah, except for now, people are mad at him because he's not been vaccinated, and they're not allowing him to go to the draft, so. Oh, really? He's got to stay in his basement, I guess. Yeah, that's what <laughs> Roger Goodell did a few years ago, yeah. as he sat in his chair. <laughs> so, anyway, so Mel Kuyper will be reporting, but from the basement, because he hasn't been vaccinated. But that's for another topic. But let's get the golf out of the way first. Um, for those of you who pay attention to golf, Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but I think one name that I wouldn't say moves the needle, but it's the closest thing to Tiger Woods in terms of people kind of knowing is Jordan Spieth, who's got a lot of wins on tour, some majors. Um, his swing's been, he's been, I think, overanalyzed and talked about for kind of getting in his head, but he is a great, we talked about him a while on this, on this podcast before. He's a great scrambler. Um, I think we were comparing him to Scotty Scheffler because they're both Texas kids. Um, and um, I think he's a better pure ball striker than Scotty Scheffler, to be honest with you. But he can chip and putt with the best of them. And last week we were golfing on Easter Sunday, and Jordan came out of kind of the pack and got a dub, and it's probably good for the PGA Tour and good for him. Yeah, I mean, Sunday was a pretty eventful day. Jordan Spieth got back in the winning circle. I shot two under and beat you by 15 shots. Um so, you know, I thought we just said we were talking about Jordan Spieth oh, yeah. and the draft. I mean, I basically was Spieth, but at Monroe Country Club. So <laughs> I was Spieth 2.0. I was basically his, like, poster child. Well, I'm interested to see how you play tomorrow starting at 8.30 in the morning. Mm. I thought it was at 10.30. <laughs> so That's when I'm going to start. really want to talk. Let's, we'll, we'll have a good conversation next week. But you did play very well at Monroe Country Club last week, so... And we turned on the golf to watch the end and see Jordan Spieth um, get the dub. Again, the playoff. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't ask for probably two better names right now. Again, I know a lot of you probably don't know Patrick Cantley. He kind of isn't one of the guys that um, is going to blow you away, but he's a consistent golfer. He's a, he's a good golfer, 
And um, it was great to see two kind of big names. And Jordan Spieth, um, I mean, Patrick Antley got a really bad break on the second play, on the first playoff hole yeah. with his ball plugging into the bunker, not even giving him a chance. Yeah. Jordan Spieth was in the same bunker and almost hold it. He's just, he's a magician from around the green. But at the same time, I don't think you can feel too bad for Cantley. I mean, he was in the fairway. They both. I don't know where Spieth was. I didn't see where his ended up. But to it's the widest from, fairway in the PGA Tour, right? So well, that's true. Was in the I mean, how could you miss that fairway? I mean, yeah. I mean, anybody who misses that fairway is a loser. Yeah. Yeah. I did miss that fairway, just so you know. But anyways, um, you know, again, I think it's good for golf. Um, again, I there's only one person that moves the needle, and the ratings from the Masters show that, and that's Tiger Woods. Golf is looking for that next Tiger. Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth is probably the Roy next will never be it. No, but I'm saying, you know, if there's any guys that could even yeah, I mean, remotely it, draw interest. Just, they're never going to replace. It's no no one's going to step into his shoes and just replace him. It's going to be a group of guys, and I think obviously golf has that. I mean, golf has a lot of really good players right now that are young. I mean, you and I like it, but I'm saying, like, the average fan just doesn't, for some reason, yeah, other I mean, than Tiger, no one is drawn yeah, to Yeah, I mean, it's just been that way since he came up in the tour. I mean, I mean, I'm reading a book about Tiger, and it talks about a lot of those things and how, I mean, just – the minute that he's in a tournament, this tickets ticket sales just go through the roof. I mean, I was reading about, I don't know if it was like his rookie year in, in 96 or something like that, but one of the tournaments that he played in, I don't know if it was his first tournament, that they had to cap sales like well in advance because they were already at like 600000 for the week or something like that. I mean, it's just, it doesn't, nobody else does that. And I mean, obviously no one's ever going to, I don't think anyone's ever going to be like that well uh, liked and known in sports through anyone i mean like through a 10 year old kid that's never even watched golf probably knows who tiger woods is and uh, you know obviously people that have watched golf all their life know who tiger is so um you know he just is a name that uh is never going to be forgotten uh a lot of controversy but is a name that will never be forgotten a name that will always uh stir the pot and will get all those fans and i don't i don't think we'll ever be able to replace it but i think we're going to be able to have guys that um, you can have a team of sort of guys that are going to replace his name once, obviously, he's out of the, the sport. Um, but I don't think he's going to be out of it anytime soon. He just isn't going to be playing a lot. He's going to be like, like he said, like Ben Hogan and, and kind of just pick and choose and play when he wants to play. Uh, so I think there's a lot of young guys that can kind of help golf. Yeah, I think Jordan is definitely one of them. And, um, again, you know, the, everybody was showing at the end of the round where all the kids wanted his autograph. He came out yeah. and told the kids, look, I, you know, might be a playoff. I'll come back regardless at the end of whatever happens, and I'll sign everything. I mean, that's what golf needs. Mm-hmm. It needs more characters. You know, back in the day, golf had, you know, we've, we've, taught, we've criticized Greg Norman and what he's doing to himself and trying to ruin the PGA Tour. But, again, he was a character. You had Jack Nicklaus. You had the Arnold Palmers, <clears throat> the Lee Trevinos. You know, Fred Couples was the boom boom. You know, you had Nick Faldo. You had guys, the fuzzy zellers of the world, even if they weren't the biggest names. Chichi Rodriguez, you had characters. You had guys, Payne Stewart, John Daly. You had guys like that that carried Jose Mario Otavo, Seve Ballesteros. You had guys that carried golf, had personality, interacted with the fans, good and bad. Colin Montgomery, um, you know, nobody liked him, but he was like the villain of golf, yet... He, you know, got people into it. That's Bill Mickelson because he's a little bit older. But, again, golf needs that. And Jordan Speed, that least is a character. That's why we joke on here about Ricky Fowler. Like, he's he's somebody who can move the needle. 
and at least Jordan Spieth, I think, can can grab some of the attention. So it's great to see him back on top. You and I were talking or texting or doing something about Jordan. You know, again, that's just who Jordan is. He thinks too much. He overanalyzes everything. He's always going to mess around with the swing. So he's never going to be the most consistent player on tour. He's probably going to have those hot streaks and those really cold streaks. But he's a, he's a fighter and he works hard and he's a good he's a good human being. So. You know, unless there's things we don't know about, but I think they would have come out by now. He He's a really good person, I think, um, for the game of golf. And again, you said it best. No one's ever going to replace Tiger, um, but he's somebody who can at least, I think, draw attention and get people excited. I think if people thought Jordan Spieth was on the first page of the leaderboard to win a major, I think a few extra people, again, I'm not talking millions, a few extra people would be watching the telecast to see if Jordan could pull it off. So it's it's good to see him back in the winner's circle. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see him back. I think, what was the last time he won? About a year ago? Yeah, he's... I don't so know what the tournament was, the, but... Texas Open. So what is it? He won on Easter Sunday last year. Yeah, Easter Sunday this won year. Won on Easter, Easter Sunday, Sunday next year. year is, is, Easter is Sunday at the Masters. That's right. And I will have vacation. I'll have Good Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. You'll have the three weeks before that off. And I might even I might even throw that Thursday. You're basically retired. Holy Thursday. You basically are working part time. No, at this Holy point. Thursday. It's a day that we should so, just relax and watch golf. I'll be working, so, so I'm thinking I don't about really maybe putting that into the calendar. Golf, you know, it's gonna be pretty exciting. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm excited. I don't know if anybody saw this. I didn't watch it because I was. But they did have the 30 for 30 on Greg Norman the other day. I didn't know that was a thing. I saw somebody tweet about it, but I didn't actually see it yet. Yeah, it's on ESPN+. Plus. I'll have to watch it one day. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's just talking about his career and speaking of him. And, uh, you know, they were joking about how they took him back to the to the Masters and made him relive everything. And, you know, now, again, he's trying to destroy the PJ Tour. He's finally got his first player, Robert Garrigus, who's yeah. trying to – I guess, tell the tour he wants to go play in the tournament. I mean, good riddance to Greg Norman. He's ruined his career, ruined any anything he had for people. And um, But it's just kind of funny. So that happened this week as well in the world of golf. But I think, like you said, golf's in a good spot. We got some really good talent out there, some good players. The one thing I love about Jordan Speed, though, is he's got the personality. He's got the charisma. He's got, he, he can move, like I said, the needle slightly. So it's good to see, and hopefully, in the long run, it's a sign of things to come. The PGA is just, God, we'll be doing the PGA preview show in probably just two weeks um, as we get ready for the PGA in Tulsa. Looks like Tiger's going to play. Looks like it should be a really big field. Um, Usually the PGA has the strongest field in golf, usually at least the top 100 players. Um, The U.S. Open's not guaranteed of that because it's a qualifier, and the British Open's kind of odd with how it's, some of the best players don't even go over there sometimes if they're American, but um, so it'll be interesting to see. So that's coming up. So hopefully Speed's in the right frame of mind as he gets ready to head to Tulsa. This week the PJ Tour's having a mixed team event, which I don't know if many people are caring to. Yeah, I'm not really care that much. But, I mean, there's some great teams. I saw somebody tweet, like, teams they wish they would have seen, and they were like, you know, how great would it have been to see Tiger and Phil like it would have been it would have been cool to see them mm-hmm. you know i i don't know where their relationship is it seemed like i bet the relationship did. got better yeah but now i wonder if and now yeah I don't if know it's know just it completely falling apart i mean yeah. i don't know if anyone's seen a phil heard of phil 
I mean, he's literally just fallen off the face of the earth. Bob. Mm-hmm. I see Cantley, who, again, we talked about just a minute ago, who lost last week, is leading with Shoffley. Probably the best team that they have there. They're winning the tournament this week, so doesn't surprise me that they're winning. But, um, like I said, PGA Championship just a couple weeks away, so a couple weeks we'll have another preview of the major, the second major on the golf season. Mm-hmm. So, the big news um, other than that is, of course, the NFL draft is coming up. Before we get there, I want to talk about something. So, you know who Josh, Josh Heupel is, the Tennessee football coach? Yes. So, <clears throat> I don't know how I saw this. I don't know if I saw it on social media or something like that. But there's this um, uh, podcast, Busting with the Boys. Um, it's Taylor Luan, who is a former Michigan offensive lineman and uh, plays for the – I think he still plays for the Titans. I don't know if he doesn't play it or not. I think he plays still, but uh, offensive lineman for the Titans. And then Will Compton, who was, a, uh, I think, a linebacker for Nebraska like seven, eight years ago. Uh, I think they're roughly the same age, but – um, they had Josh Heupel on, and he said that he believes that the four best SEC teams should be in the four the four playoff teams. Just want to know what your take on that is. Well, <laughs> let's really go there if we want to. I mean, um, so I'll start with this. I mean, I agree. I think the SEC is the best conference in America. Um, however, I think, um, oh boy, uh, without going on a ridiculous rant, I mean, I just think, yeah, just, just, just give me 60 seconds. I think it's wham, bam. Thank you. Um, anyways, um, I think the bottom line is the SEC is the best conference in America. I, I think there are some conferences like the PAC 12 that have been suffering. I think. Lincoln Riley's going to turn USC around, and they're going to be... Yeah, I mean, you've already seen the recruits that they're uh, getting, so I, I think that will be pretty So, quick. number one, the SEC can talk because they basically smacked around everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Clemson got him a couple times maybe in the playoffs. Yeah, but I think Clemson's right? on the way down. No, I'm I, just saying, like, yeah, I'm just, the years, since, what, opinion. 2014, the playoffs been around. Ohio State, yeah. of course, beat Alabama that first year and won kind of surprisingly, and then Clemson. Other than that, I think we basically had SEC teams... The yeah, entire time, right? Georgia and um, So again, number one, you got you you can you can talk. Um, with that being said, I think when Josh Heupel takes his Tennessee team and and makes them mediocre, then maybe he can talk. But Tennessee is a ridiculous fan base. They're a disgusting fan base. The things they they've done to teams and coaches, um, the racist comments made by their fans. Um, it's it's a disgusting atmosphere down there. So when Josh Hypo can can get Tennessee to be mediocre, I, te- I I think Ann Arbor and Columbus would welcome Tennessee any day on the calendar on a Saturday in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say bring them up this year. I think both Michigan and Ohio State would play them in a heartbeat. In fact, we'll come down to Neyland. That's fine, and play in front of a hundred thousand. So can Georgia talk? Sure. Can Alabama talk? Yeah. Other than that, the rest of the SEC schools should shut their mouth because they basically hang on the coattails of Alabama and now Georgia. I mean, let's be honest, Georgia just in the past couple of years. Yeah, right? I mean, Georgia's been so, one of the best teams in football the last I mean, five years. They just have obviously been having issues getting past Alabama. And I mean, I don't think that they're better than Alabama. I don't think they were even better than them this last year. They just happened to win the national championship. I think when they when Bama lost Jamison Williams, that hurt them a lot offensively. 
Um, and I was, watched, I was watching the highlights just the other day just because, I don't know, I just kind of wanted to see what it looked like. And I didn't know Alabama's first 12 points were field goals. They kicked four field goals to start the game. I mean, when you kick four field goals, that's you know you're putting yourself in danger to lose a game. Uh, the first yeah, 18 points of the game first. was yeah, um, was that. six field goals, I believe, if I'm remembering right. But I just know that they kicked field goals and field goals and field goals and field goals. Um, and then at the end of the game, obviously through that pick when they were down eight, so it ended up being like 33 to 18, I think it was, or 30, whatever it was. Um, so it was a closer game um, than it looked, but. Um, now onto my idea of that saying. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a terrible statement. Um, I think that I don't. I really don't agree that SEC is the best team, best conference in football. I think they are the. the they have had. Well, they've won basically every national championship in the last 15 years. But at the same time, Alabama has won a lot of those. Uh, Florida won a couple of them with Hebo and under uh, Urban Meyer, but um, they've been the most tough. Yeah, yeah, I'm just just saying that they've dominated those. Um, But I think they're the most top-heavy, and it's not even close. I think if – I mean, Alabama's hard to say just because Alabama's obviously been just tremendous the last 10 years. Um, But I don't – I mean, I know Georgia won the national championship. I'd I'd probably be uh, in jail if Michigan won a national championship because I would say a lot of things. But, um, you know, I, I feel like they, they got to come this year and, and do something again. Um, but I think at the same time, I think the SEC gets extremely um, all this, act, uh, this ridiculous bias that every year two SEC teams are in. Uh, basically, no matter what, um, I mean, Alabama's going to be in and Georgia's going to be in, even if they don't play always great teams every week. I mean, the SEC is so top-heavy with those two teams that makes um, – that carries that conference where I feel like the Big Ten, they might not have the best team in the country every single year, but I think that it's harder to play in the Big Ten because, first off, the elements are a lot tougher. And then I feel the, the, the Big Ten, there's a lot of Big Ten teams that are scrappy, that play really hard, that it, they're hard to beat, even if they might not have half the talent that the other team has. Um, it's hard to go through the Big Ten and not lose a game. Um, I think the Big Ten has done a pretty solid job of trying to schedule good teams where I feel Georgia and Alabama, I mean, yeah, I mean, Alabama is hard to say because they just won every game pretty much no matter what, but um, I don't feel that, I don't agree that the SEC is the best team in, or the best conference in football. Now you might say, well, you're an idiot because they've won every national championship for the most part, Um, and I'm not disagreeing with that fact. They basically won it all the last 15 years, like I said, but I do not believe that they're the best conference uh, I would like to see uh, the the Bama and Georgia go through the Big Ten every single year. Now, Bama would probably win a lot of those pretty much. They'd probably win every game. Uh, but I don't know if Georgia would. I think Georgia was a team that um, kind of got hot at the right time after kind of getting embarrassed a little bit by Alabama and got lucky with Alabama losing their, their best receiver at that time. So I, I really think that's a ridiculous statement by Josh Heupel. Um, I wish Michigan could have beat the crap out of Georgia and kind of shut up the SEC a little bit, but um, hopefully the Big Ten can do some great things this year. But at the same time, the Big Ten has the best – I mean, I shouldn't say that Michigan's a top team because obviously Ohio State's been the top team, and if you want to say Michigan was a is maybe second or third, I'll, I'll take it. But, um, you know, 
the 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 best teams play each other in the Big Ten. They don't do that in the SEC. They don't do that in the regular season. They play each other in the in the SEC championship. And unless the team that um, already has one loss loses again, they get two teams in no matter what. So, um, and what I was saying about the other day was what happens this last year if um, Oklahoma State wins that game in the the championship game and they go in twelve and one. Alabama's twelve and one, just won the SEC championship. Georgia's twelve and one, having lost the SEC championship. Michigan's twelve and one, winning the Big Ten championship. And you have Cincinnati, who is thirteen and zero. What happens? Where yeah. do they put Georgia? Uh, do they put Georgia as three or four or knock them out? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think, again, I think if Ohio State and Michigan didn't play. If they didn't play each other, then they'd be the top. They'd be two teams in the until probably the, be two SEC teams and potentially two big Big Ten teams almost every yeah. year. I mean, number one, the Big Ten. I'm not going to say this. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like the Big Ten doesn't get a little bit of bias too, because the Big Ten champs always going to get in. Well, yeah, and, I think and, that's and that be the case. Happen. However, with but it's that, also been because Ohio State's obviously won the last four before this last year, and they've been good. Obviously, it's not like they were like I mean, a, number ten in the country and then won the Big Ten. To be honest was, with you, they were than already Alabama, in the, in the, Ohio yeah. State in the last twenty years is probably the best team in college football. I mean, they might not have the national championships to prove it, but I mean, just look at the NFL players from Columbus and. Ohio State's going to be damn good this year. I mean, just as simple as that. I mean, they should win the national championship. But, I mean, I don't think any conference can say the four best teams, the four best teams are from that one conference. And, again, I just think, again, it's one thing if Michigan says it. It's another thing if Ohio State says it. It's another thing if Alabama says it. But when, when Tennessee has been at best mediocre, the past. They're, last, they're probably their best year was probably under Lane Kiffin about ten years ago. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. If if that if their if their only claim to fame is Alabama winning six of the last eight national championships or something, yeah. I mean that 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 shows you how pathetic a program actually is. So um, I mean we're all biased. I get it. We're going to be biased towards the North. I'm, no one's no one's denying that here. But the statement in itself, I think that's what drives me crazy about anything, whether it's sports, politics, food. Whatever be the case, like I, I think we can at some point agree that some statements are just absolutely ridiculous. And, <laughs> this one checks off that. And this one just you know, it just is. I mean, it's just stupid a stupid thing to say. And to be honest with you, Tennessee probably isn't even the sixth, seventh, or eighth best team in the SEC. I mean, this year all the expectations gonna be on Texas A and M because they well, they, they have a higher salary cap than most I think yeah. than any NFL team. I mean, they've gone out and bought every player known to man. And again, that's that's good for them. They can do that, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's legal. But I mean, when their salary cap is larger than any NFL team, I mean, I'll tell you what, Jimbo, you better win. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you better win, Jimbo, with what you got because um, I think they're number one recruiting class. Yeah, well, yeah, they bought everybody. So I mean, it's just it's crazy to think. It's amazing how in the NFL they have to stay within a salary cap, but in the college football era, it's like it's it's open money. It's as much as you can find people to pay. So. Again, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. And again, Josh Hypo, again, I don't have a problem with Alabama saying it, but again, when you're riding on the coattails of Alabama and you're not even the sixth best team in your conference, I mean, again, like I said, just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's blasphemy. It's just a stupid comment. And it's what makes people not stand the SEC. It makes us not want to see two SEC schools in. Yeah. I mean, Again, the only reason Alabama and Georgia have been 
in the playoff is because they haven't season. played each other yeah. until the regular season. And yeah, yeah, let me just tell you this. I mean, what? who blew the other one out? Um, was it Alabama two years ago? Was it Georgia this year? Who? Someone won comfortably. Was it Georgia won comfortably this year? Or Alabama won. Alabama won in the SEC championship. Yeah, it was a comfortable like win. Twenty-one or something. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a blowout. Yeah. I guarantee you, if Ohio State, Michigan have played for the first time, one of them would have won by twenty-one. They yeah. wouldn't be yeah, it. No, no, no. God, I no. mean, the closest thing we could have had was Ohio State and Michigan back when it was forty-two thirty-nine, and both yeah. teams ended up losing. Right? Like, would that have been the year? Maybe we could have gotten Ohio State, yeah. Michigan, even though they had played in the one. I mean, it just it's so stupid, but. I think potentially this year could be another one because I think Michigan and Ohio State, Ohio State's probably going to be two or two or three to start the year. And I think Michigan's going to be between five and ten. So I mean, if both teams come in at ten and one and eleven and zero, um, or I guess both eleven and zero, uh, I mean, I mean, this is going to be the year that it can happen because Ohio State has probably the toughest conference, the toughest schedule in the country. I would I would have them to believe, and they're going to be ranked so high to begin with. Um, and Michigan, if they can run the gauntlet of the Big Ten, they don't have a very strong uh, conference schedule at all. But you know, if they go undefeated, they're going to be ranked high to begin with. I mean, they're they're probably going to end up one versus Ohio State's going to be number one. I mean, if they win out, they're just no. I don't care what Alabama does. Um, Alabama's going to be two. Ohio State be one. Michigan be three. Just by the time they meet in Columbus, I mean, and then I guess it just comes down to if there's any other conference champions that are undefeated. Yeah. But if there's not. I mean, and again, I think if Ohio State Michigan played a close game, I'm talking like a touchdown game or something, um, I, I just would be shocked if they didn't. But again, look, I just think you got it. You got to be able to say you were a part of the reason why you were the. Well, yeah, it's like doing a group project where you do nothing and you get an A for everyone else's work. I mean, I've been a part of that on the part where I did the work and the part where I didn't do the work. And I got the A, but when I didn't do the work, I didn't brag about it. So, um, and we can yeah. talk about Tennessee. They're going to be a high-scoring offense this year. Um, they played, I forget who, the Big Ten school in the bowl game. There's a good old-fashioned shootout. Um, I have to look. I don't remember. I thought it was a Big Ten school. It was a blow. It was a. It was a. It was a um, good old-fashioned shootout. I remember. Um, they played Purdue. Did they win? It was Tennessee Purdue. Oh, yeah. Purdue won, yeah. Yeah, it was a shootout, wasn't it, though? Yeah, 48 45. Yeah, so I mean, hey, Tennessee, you just lost to the <laughs> the eighth best Big Ten school, but you. Yeah, they went seven and six. Yeah, but your team is part of that best conference. So, again, um, you know, once you beat Purdue, you can talk. But, anyways, um, yeah, it's a good statement, good comment. I mean, it gets um, people going. Yeah, well, you and I texted each other the other day and said that. College football season is going to be unlike any other for this podcast, so it'll be fun for sure. So, And, of course, the great thing about college football is it leads us into the draft picks for the draft coming up. And I don't know if the, – the crazy thing is sometimes the number one draft pick is the most talked about pick, and I feel like the number one pick has been completely ignored. We're too busy focusing on these teams that are already um, – trying to build themselves up. But Jacksonville, believe it or not, has the number one pick. Um, and I say believe it or not because I don't think Jacksonville is really that bad of a team. Um, no, they had Travis ATM, but he goes hurt all last year, yeah. so he didn't play. And, I mean, I don't – obviously, Trevor Lawrence – I don't think Trevor Lawrence is, like, like a tremendously great NFL quarterback, but obviously he's – he's he's a. I would say he's more of a 
going to be a game manager. I don't think he's ever going to be like. They had uh, a good defense, I believe. Yeah, I don't think that but he's. They beat Buffalo. We watched. Yeah, they beat. I mean, they beat him nine to six, but I guess it is a win. Um, but yeah, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is ever going to be like a tremendous NFL quarterback. But I think he's obviously still going to be one of the you know upper half of of uh, NFL quarterback. So I mean, like he's not a guy that I think is hurting them in that position forever. How for however long he is in that organization. Um, so. Um, and I mean, I think it's no clear cut that. Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan is going to be the number one draft pick. I mean, I haven't heard anybody talk differently about it. Um, well, I feel like it's probably just because it's been a – I don't know if it's really that strong of a class, like, wise. Yeah, I mean, he, he he's a great player. Yeah, and it's probably be. just because there's – usually you think of number one draft pick, you think of quarterback. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, and it just – And, I mean, obviously in their situation, a quarterback really doesn't help them unless they're looking to make a lot of moves um, with their roster currently. But – uh you know, like it just they're a team that obviously doesn't really fit in, and I really don't think the I think the Lions will be making a mistake picking a quarterback unless they picked him obviously way later in the draft. Where, uh, but obviously Jared Goff's still an okay quarterback. Yeah, I mean the conversation is for most of these teams if they don't feel they believe in one of these quarterbacks that are out there, um, then the bottom line is with the with the quarterback. Not class, many times do you see. A D lineman and a D lineman, you know. No, um, with and the not a quarterback in the top, however much. With the quarterback class that's coming up next year, I mean, just with with um, yeah, I mean, what's his name Stroud from Alabama, and, Stroud. Uh, whatever his I name mean, is, uh, I can't think of his name. Bryce Williams, yeah, his name? Bryce Bryce something. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can't. I mean, th- those are going to be two unbelievable talents. So, I mean, you got Malik Willis, which nobody knows of from Liberty. You got Sam Howe from North Carolina. Had these great expectations this year. And they fell flat on their face. Desmond Ritter is going to be not an NFL quarterback. I'm sorry if, if, if any team thinks they're going to build an NFL team off him. Kenny Pickett's probably the best true passer out yeah, there. Yeah, so um, if you look at yours, it says yours is obviously a little different than mine. But mine's the Sports Illustrated and yours is the PFF um, grading, uh, grading players. And it has your top player, as, uh, your top quarterback as uh, Malik Willis, who is uh, 30th, and, and they have Kenny Pickett as the first quarterback in my list at 27th. I mean, I'd like to know when the last time a quarterback wasn't selected in the, in the almost not selected in the first round. I mean, I if mean, that's I, ever happened. No team should pick any of these quarterbacks in the first or second round. Sorry. No. I just, unless you truly believe in one of them, it just isn't going to happen. I, I just, think Sam Howell has the ability to be a good quarterback. Yeah. I think Kenny Pickett's probably the best option out there. But, I mean, Jacksonville's not looking for one. Yeah. Detroit certainly with the well, second. Who the hell pick. is t- the Texans quarterback? Um, whoever finished up the year last year, but they're sticking with them. I forget who he is. He didn't play bad. He threw a bunch of touchdowns. It's a no name that I can't remember off the top of my head. Steven will look it up. But the Lions got the second pick. Um, they're getting Kavion from Oregon. Um, I just think again, he's an edge rusher. He's gonna. Oh, Kyle Allen or Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Oh, um, so that's weak. I mean, I think the Lions, obviously, they're going to go for defense. As Mel Kuyper said the other day, they have a historically bad defense, um, and the Lions are going to try to build that up. The Texans have the third pick. Again, looking at the projections, looks like they're going to go offensive linemen. Again, no one flashy, and you're right. When was the last time we didn't see a quarterback kind of one? That's what I mean. Like, I mean, you is, think about just a couple of years ago. I mean, Baker Mayfield was one. I don't remember who else was in that class. Was it Deshaun Watson? I feel like there was like five guys drafted, five quarterbacks drafted in like the first ten picks. Right. It so just, it's kind of. Weird. I mean, I feel like every year there's like at least a couple guy, a couple quarterbacks that are picked first. Um, I mean, you think about 
who won the Heisman last year? Bryce Will or what? I can't think of. It. Is it Bryce Williams or whatever his name is? And he's he's back right. in college football. I mean, and that that doesn't really happen too many times. And next year, I'm sure a quarterback's gonna win it again. So um, the Jets obviously got the fourth pick. The projections are they're gonna go defense. The Giants have the fifth pick. They're gonna go apparently offensive linemen. The sad thing is, I think the Texans. Oh, Bryce Young. The Jets. Close. New York, they could all use offensive playmakers, but they're not going there. Um, pick six is the one that's up in the air. Carolina has a chance to go out and grab a quarterback. Um, although I did hear kind of something interesting on Mike, uh, not on Mike and Mike, oh my God, um, on um, ESPN Radio this morning show was talking about maybe Carolina trading for um, Jimmy Garoppolo and um, mm. um, Debo Samuel, oh. since he's requested a trade. Yeah, he's requested and a trade. Carolina basically just handing off all their trades, um, which would be kind of interesting. But thought is Carolina might be the one team to take a quarterback. If they do, the thought process is maybe um, that they're going to go ahead and go with, I guess, Malik Willis. I, I don't know. It's just, it's, I guess, one of the teams that could potentially finally pick a quarterback at at what six? We'll see if that happens. The Giants have a fifth and seventh pick. Well, let's put it this way: with the way that the or, the order is without a trade, there probably isn't going to be a quarterback selected for at least the top twenty picks. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is, a lot of people do think Green Bay, who's got two picks right off the bat, going to maybe trade up to get a wide receiver. A lot of people think they love Garrett Wilson. I think, obviously, as an Ohio State fan, I would hate that because I don't want Green Bay to win, but. Garrett Wilson, I think, would be the best weapon he's had. Well, obviously, he had the best wide receiver ever. But Garrett Wilson, the past five years probably, but Garrett Wilson would be an unbelievable addition. Um, We obviously got Seattle picking ninth. They need a quarterback, but I'm telling you right now, they're they're not going to pick a quarterback. Um, And then the Jets, who obviously we just talked about having the fourth pick, had the tenth pick. And that's when we're going to, I think, start to get to names that we know. Said that they need an offensive talent. You know, Jamison Williams, um, obviously wide receiver, started at Ohio State, went to Alabama. Looks like a good pick there. He's a great wide receiver. He probably could have potentially been higher if he just hadn't torn his ACL. But, I mean, same thing with Ojabo tore his Achilles uh, just like a month ago, a month and a half ago. Um, So two guys that probably hurt their stock a little bit. I'm not sure that they're going to just – not be good players, but just because of that, probably not picked as high. But interesting, some of the boards here is we're looking at some of the projections down the road. Have like the Saints maybe finally taken a quarterback? Sam, how interesting, you know, there's no heir apparent in New Orleans. Obviously, I guess Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback, yeah, but he um, did tear his Achilles, and that's a hard thing to recover. Yeah, from. I don't know how much stock you have. But on the flip side, if you can give Sam Howell some time maybe to sit behind him, get adjusted to everything. Learn how to steal crab legs. I mean, well, be good. Crab's legs are good. We, we've had a few. Um, so it would be kind of fun, interesting to see if he could be maybe the first quarterback taken off um, the list. Um, pick 17, the Chargers, um, would be an interesting pick maybe for some more offense. There's a team that obviously – I think it's just a player or two away from maybe being one of the best in the AFC as well with all these other teams, which could be kind of interesting. Um, pick 20, though, 
the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's a team that needs a quarterback. Hmm. I think a lot of people thought Kenny Pickett would be the natural fit. He obviously was there for the Pittsburgh coaches to see being in um, Pittsburgh and they practiced the facilities. But I see this on CBS Sports Side and I heard this on ESPN that maybe Malik Willis working um, obviously with Mike Tomlin would be a great. I, I do think that. I didn't, I, I haven't read anything about that, but now that I see that, I kind of am not shocked by it. And I think it would be a good. I think it'd be a great pick for the Steelers yeah. to do that. I don't think you want to throw Malik in right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, but if he's got a chance to grow behind, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I know that pick. Trubisky would probably be the number one right now, and I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm just saying I don't. I don't think he's as bad as his reputation is. I think him being in an organization like the Steelers, being under Mike Tomlin, will help elevate him a little bit. Obviously, not a great player, but um, I don't think he'd be a reason why they. You know, don't have a good season if they don't have a good season. I think the I think the Steelers have a pretty good roster. Um, quarterback's probably one of the biggest questions right now, um, if not the biggest question really. Um, and I don't think Trubisky's. I think Trubisky's a guy that's been playing for a, while, a little while now, and I just think he played with the Bears and last year he played behind Josh Allen. So I mean, you're not, not going to start over Josh Allen or get any minutes unless he's obviously hurt. So the interesting thing is, as you get down this list now, we're down to pick 24, the Cowboys, and 25 with Pittsburgh, and 26 with Tennessee. I mean, you get to the teams that we think are going to be Super Bowl contenders, and it's always fun to see what are they going to add, you know? Like Dallas already has a great defense. Yeah, they have a great linebacker in Micah Parsons. It would be interesting to see. I mean, CBS is projecting maybe another linebacker their way, you know, although we also know um, the Dallas Cowboys like to surprise people on draft day. They like to take somebody. I mean, like if there's a big offensive star out there, I feel like Dallas would take him in a heartbeat. Um, especially as a wide receiver. You and I were looking at the running backs here, um, which I thought was interesting, and we were like, "Wow, this is not the this is a pretty weak running back class." Yeah. I mean, Kenneth Walker had his good, had his heyday in some games, predominantly against some of the the more porous teams in the Big Ten. Um, he's, I guess, the number one running back, but really like 55th on yeah. the board. I mean, that's not that's yeah. barely a I mean, it's almost, it's almost weird looking at the order because I didn't really think about it. But, I mean, quarterbacks not in anywhere on the other top of the list and obviously no running backs in the top of the list. But yet wide receivers seem to be. Yeah, I mean, wide, wide receivers seem to be coming out the womb pretty pretty solidly in this draft um, in predictions and, and the players that are up there. I mean, Kenneth Walker had a good game against Michigan, but. I mean, I think he's a good running back. I'm, I'm definitely not saying he's not a good running back. I don't know if he's – I think he's the best in a class that's kind of weaker um, all around, maybe not receiver-wise. Um, but He's a second-round draft pick. I yeah, mean, I mean, he's, he's – A he, team that's looking yeah, for a Yeah, I mean, if a team back. that is looking for a solid running back, they're going to get him a little bit later in the draft, and obviously he's going to be – I think he could still be a very good running back without question. I'm thinking why not maybe, you know um, – you know, why not maybe the Lions? I mean... Yeah, because you, know, you imagine him and DeAndre Swift. I mean, that'd yeah. be a pretty... That'd be a really good backfield right I think there. being right there in Michigan would be kind of an interesting Because I think DeAndre I mean, Swift would be a little bit more of like kind of like shifty. And I mean, Kenneth Walker is shifty, but I think Kenneth Walker also has the ability to be to run someone back, over. Because, yeah. I mean, he's... he's I don't know how tall he is, but he looked like he was about 230, 240, where De- DeAndre Swift's a little thinner and, and a little maybe a little quicker and, and agile left and right. So Or maybe being to a team like... I'll be honest with you, you know, like maybe a Chicago or something. I mean, just somebody who could plug in a good... I mean, wherever he goes, 
he's going to be a good player, I would think. Um, make plays, maybe not right away, but I think through through by the end of the year, people will know who he is pretty solidly. The Chiefs then get a couple picks down at the end of the first round. They obviously are looking to replace the Honey Badger. They're probably, I think, going to need another wide receiver. I'm sorry, I I don't think. I know they've picked up a couple wide receivers, um, but I, I don't really think they are going to, you know, shatter the earth by all means. Um, you know, some reports on CBS have them taking maybe Daxton Hill. Obviously, you would know him more from Michigan. And again, maybe a good safety replaced the Honey Badger. But I just can't believe they wouldn't try to get one of those wide receivers out there, somebody else. Um, you got, I guess, the best quarterback in the league. Why would you not um, want to go ahead and have them, um, you know, pick up another weapon? I mean, that's what the Chiefs are kind of known for. They have some of the best weapons. So that's kind of interesting. And then to round out um, the, the final two picks, the, the Bengals finally come on board with 31. And everybody, of course, is saying they got to go offensive linemen. I mean, you feel like they have the offensive talent along with Joe Burrow. Um, got a good running back that they're going to just, the goal is to protect Joe Burrow and all will be good. And then finally, the pick that I heard this morning again, and I see here on CBS sports line, the Detroit lions get the final pick in the draft in the first round. And that's where some reports are that they would go with a quarterback Detroit. Look, just look. Okay. I feel like it'd be so much more beneficial for them to get other players yeah. and just give players survive another year with. I mean, they they'd be like, to me, they obviously. I'm not making a comparison between the Steelers and the the Lions, but to me, right now, the Lions need players elsewhere. They have an okay quarterback. He's not. He's not. You know. Took a team to the Super yeah, yeah, yeah. In 2016 or 2017, whatever year it was. So I mean, like the reason why they went two and fourteen or whatever they went there last year, two and thirteen and one or whatever. It wasn't because of Jared Goff. He might not have had the gaudiest stats last to win year. More games. Yeah, I mean they had they had chances to win, and he didn't have tremendous stats last year. But it wasn't because he just wasn't making plays. It was because he didn't have guys maybe around him. And then when you're always losing, guess what you gotta do? You got you gotta have guys have some balls and just may try to make plays. And obviously when you try to just make plays, sometimes you force throws and, and it's just not there. And um, last year they didn't really have a very aggressive offense. They didn't have much of an offense to begin with. Give them, give so. Pick up a wide receiver, give him some yeah, talent, I mean, give him some Get a lineman, and get some if, lineman, get yeah. a running back, get a through receiver, get a... If yeah, I mean, they already have good tight ends. Definitely not get a tight end. Then but. you can trade all your draft picks. Yeah, yeah. If, if that doesn't work, then yeah, you can get that quarterback. I mean, but, go ahead and trade all your picks next year, get yeah. C.J. Stroud at the start of the draft, and be done with it. But at least you'll have playmakers around them. You'll have players that have kind of built things up around the man. So I sure would hope um that the lions again i have nothing against desmond ritter but please, and that would please, be a waste please, of a please, pick please. if you want to pick him up in the third round because let me tell you not many people are going to be running to get desmond ritter yeah. just i think the lions would be so um i'll be honest with you if if i haven't seen the name chris Olave come off the board yet in some of the projections the Lions would be yeah. crazy to let a wide receiver like him go. Give Jared Goff a player like that yeah. and see what happens. But or yeah, I doubt he stays on the board that State. long. But I yeah, mean, John Dotson. Um, look at Mechie, Mechie down there from Alabama. I mean, I know he had the ACL tear, but again, give the Lions someone. Give when was the last time since Calvin Johnson that the Lions had a play? I mean, they got um, what's his name who had a great standout year this year. Um, the wide receiver, I can't think of his name. Um, 
Not St. Brown, right? Yeah, St. Brown oh. had a good year. I mean, now give, give you got to have other talent out there. Like yeah. you said, then in the worst case scenario, build up the offensive line. Build up the defensive line. Yeah, I mean, I think something. especially with somebody like him, an offensive especially. lineman is probably more important than most in the division positions. But. Without the Bears, you really don't know what's going to happen yeah. in the with the Bears. You got the Vikings. You really the Vikings are just going to be the Vikings. Yeah. And then you got the Packers that unless they get Aaron Rodgers, another wide receiver, I'm sorry, they're just a middle of the road team. Yeah. The Lions with a couple pieces could be right in this division. Yeah. I don't, mean, Desmond Ritter is going to do nothing for you this year. Yeah. And no. I'm sorry, going forward, you cannot put Desmond Ritter. And that's Ritter the problem. On the if you say, in the argument that Desmond Ritter, you know, he's the quarterback in taking over from Jared Goff in a few years, but the problem is. If you do that, and then you have to, then you either have to get get rid of Jerry Goff for nothing, or try to trade him, and you're not going to get much for that either. So, I mean, you might as well just pick somebody. You get some guys around him, or I mean, I don't think the defense is bad, but I think the offense just needs a another receiver. Again, when was the Lions besides Calvin Johnson had a playmaker? Yeah. They Jesus, I mean, if they had Olave on the board, Mechie, or. Um, the guy from Penn State, which I can't think of his name, Jahan Dotson, uh, on the board. Obviously, if Olave was on the board, I think he'd be the he'd be the first receiver you should be looking at. But um, pretty much no matter what's on the whatever receivers are on the board left. But um, you know, I think that that's would be more beneficial for extremely more beneficial for them to just draft somebody and then play with um, a golf for the year. And um, if obviously he has a terrible year, you think about next year. Um, if like you don't said, have a top pick, maybe trade for you it. You trade all your picks um, and get Stroud or somebody. So, I mean, so be it. I mean, it's a the next year, quarterback. I mean, there could be a couple good quarterbacks that maybe they, even if they only go eight and eight, or well, I guess it'd be eight and nine, but if they go eight and nine and they have a pick, they might they might have the opportunity to still get a good quarterback even if they don't have a top pick and have to trade everything for it. So yeah, I'm telling you, any team that takes a first round draft pick and takes Willis, Howell, Ritter, Pickett, Corral, Oh Lord, I feel I feel your pain right now. All right, I feel your pain. Don't do it. Don't do it. Please don't. So, don't. So anyway, so that'll be exciting. Um, next weekend we're off. Stevens turning twenty, so twenty three. So we're gonna head and play some golf. Um, we'll have another podcast updating where we see the NFL draft. Of course, I'm sure there'll be a lot more exciting news going on. It's going to be an exciting week. You just never know. You don't know what trade's coming up. You know, these NFL teams, some of them have to, I think, make some some pretty um, have to make some pretty drastic moves, I think, to compete. It's been a pretty wild year um, with free agency and trades that, I mean, if you want to stay in this game, you want to make a run in the NFL, you're going to have to you're going to have to get some players because, um, I mean, it is. There, there's some there's some good teams out there right now, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, it'll be interesting to see if you um, you know play your best golf tomorrow, or um, you know I have to carry the team too. So if you're carrying the team, then we are a word that I'm not going to say on here. Oh my god, we are screwed. So um, yeah, I mean if you're carrying the team, we are in trouble. So, I'm a good um, player, I'm a good no, I'm not saying you are, but your ball striking and my ball striking are not the same. What's our record this year against each other? Uh, I think two and two. Okay. Uh, who, who, who shot two under the other day? Uh-huh. Let me see. 
and beat you by 15? Just saying. Just saying, you know, scoreboard. Okay, that's fine. If you want to be the ball striker tomorrow, I'll putt. Well, I'll putt. I might be more comfortable putting. I, I okay. like putting on those greens. But, um, yeah, so we got a big um, a big tournament tomorrow. We're going to get a dove on the board. We're going to go see some baseball tomorrow as well. Um, so it's supposed to be almost 90 degrees in Toledo tomorrow. So um, right now, if you walked outside, you would have um, issues because it's so cold. It's not that cold. It's 47. It's cold, folks. The wind's blowing. It feels probably like 30-something. Um, I'm shivering practically. Tomorrow, though, turn on your ACs. Stay cool. Don't turn on your... Don't get that started. Oh, sorry. Okay, anyways, watch the draft. Listen to the podcast. We'll see you next week. Have a good week.